You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hey, thank you for joining. My guest today is Alinka Rutkowska. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Yes. Founder and CEO of Leaders Press, where she creates books for entrepreneurs from scratch and launches them to bestseller with a 100% success rate. Alinka is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author and a top 100 Amazon bestselling author in business and money. She's sold more than 100,000 copies of her books and her book creation process has been showcased in Entrepreneur Magazine. She's also an official member of the Forbes Business Council. And last but not least, our mission is to help 10,000 entrepreneurs share their wisdom with the world by 2030. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a global remote company that has been providing marketing and communication services since 2005. Their goal, help you thrive in the new normal. Log on their website to learn more, socialprize.me. Hi, Alinka. Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Let's start. Tell us a little bit about your journey towards you know, becoming an entrepreneur. Well, you know, I think uh, I demonstrated some entrepreneurial characteristic when I was a child in mm. elementary school, because uh, I remember putting together a school newspaper and there already was one, but I didn't like it. And I thought it could use some competition. So I decided to create <laughs> one of my own. And already it was around writing. It was already around writing. Um, I did some of the pieces myself. And then I quickly realized that my classmates wanted to write for the magazine. So I didn't actually have to do so much work in the end. Uh, I really quickly learned that uh, it was all about the organization. And then I would, uh, I had a, you know, computer at home and a printer and a photocopying machine because my parents uh, worked at, at a university. And so they had the equipment at home. And I would just create it, print it, stitch it all together, and then distribute, um, get the money, of course, myself. And that was very exciting to me. And so what happened next then? I have a corporate background. So after um, business school, I worked in multinational corporations. And I left after a while because I just felt like there's something more to life than um, selling domestic appliances, which is where I was. And... (laughs) Yeah, <clears throat> I decided to write a book. That book uh, brought me more in royalties than my corporate salary. So right. what was I, the book about? The book was a self-help book. It was my first book that I did. Uh, but it did so well that I was super enthusiastic about um, the whole publishing model. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about it online and other authors were asking me if I could help them with their books. So I did that for a while. I helped them with the marketing of their books on a like one-on-one basis or some sort of coaching, or I'll do this for you. I'll coach you on this. Not particularly packaged, um, really good deal for the people I worked with at the time. Okay. Then I decided to um, create an elegant solution with the help of um, 
Dean Jackson, who put together a mastermind in London for entrepreneurs who wanted to go to the next level. And I joined that. And he asked us a really uh, profound question. He said, don't think about the price. If price wasn't the issue, what would be the highest possible value you could deliver to your client? And I thought, oh my God, if I was there from the beginning, help them with the book positioning, and then got a team of writers who would write it well, and then come back and help with the marketing, then I could you know, really help them deliver something amazing rather than deal with uh, poorly written books, badly positioned, terrible covers that you know had to be redone before I could help them with the marketing. Okay. And with that idea of creating that elegant solution, Leaders Press was born. All right. And so when, what year was that? It was 2017. 2017. How many books have you published so far? Oh gosh, uh, more than a hundred. More than a hundred. Your mission, as I said in the introduction, is to help entrepreneurs share their wisdom with the world. So tell me, how can entrepreneurs do that with a book? And do you have very specific examples that you can share? Yes. Well, there are two main reasons why um, entrepreneurs like to work with us to help them with their books. And one of the reasons is uh, lead generation and business growth. So to create a book that specifically helps them to find prospects. And then those um, are also much better converted when a prospect reads your book and then comes to a sales call. That's a completely different conversation. And then the second type of book is an authority piece or a legacy piece, you can call it. So that's really meant to, um, well, as as it says, leave a legacy so that your, uh, whoever will find you after you left this world, whoever you, whoever finds your book will actually be able to get to know you really well. And it's also an uh, authority builder because if you're an author or a best-selling author or even better, Wall Street Journal or USA Today best-selling author, uh, the doors open to various speaking opportunities and business opportunities, investing opportunities, just because you have that accolade. It uh, makes a really great impression impression on potential partners right so what what sort of book do you create with uh your clients lead generator books or legacy pieces both both right both um it's important to know specifically what you want um there it can be a blend of of both but there's usually a primary reason Mm. And uh, they're a little bit different so uh legacy a legacy piece is like a story of your life or um, I mean written in a specific way so that it's interesting and engaging and you don't go you know sort of uh, scene by scene as in your real life so it has a specific theme and direction and a really good outline but it's it's really meant to um, to be a reflection of what you've achieved so it's right. as if it was a monument almost Whereas a lead generation piece, this is this is not so much about you as much as it is about your business and how what you do can help uh, your potential clients. So it it solves some specific problems. So you know it's not so much how you see the world, you know your philosophy and beliefs as you would have in your legacy piece, and your your lead generator is you know caters to uh, whatever the problem is on your client's or your reader's mind currently so let's be let's be a bit a little bit more concrete let's take my example because i 
really want to write a book, but, and I'm sure there are, you know, other entrepreneurs who would love to do that. And they like me, they don't know where to start. Because what I see is, you know, the amount of work <laughs> and time that it, it, it requires to do that. I know what I want to talk about. I know what I would like to say, but, you know, I don't know where to start. So where should I start? <laughs> right. So we like to start by envisioning where your book will be on the bookshelf when it's out. So what are the books next to it? Well, you know, Amazon sends those messages. You've read this book. You will probably also like. So yeah. which books do your readers have to have read in order to also like yours? And we call these book competing titles. So you really want to know what your competing titles are. So how you fit into your genre. And then once we have that, we want to understand how your book stands out. So why would the readers buy your book as opposed to the ones that are next to yours on the bookshelf? That's where we start because, you know, that is the foundation of good marketing and, and sales. Like, you know, when you create a business, you need to have a unique selling proposition. It's the same for the book. Once we have that, then we focus on the outline. So, yeah. you know, we know what, what the book is going to be about. We know what your goals are. And then we create that outline to know exactly what we're going to talk about. So that's the roadmap to, um, to, to the book creation process. And once we have that, then it's a matter of um, scheduling interviews, probably 12 to 15 interviews. And during every interview, focus, let's say, on a chapter or maybe not a chapter, but a, let's call it a piece of the book. Uh, to make it easy, let's say it's you know, 12 chapters, and it's going to be 12 interviews. And then based on that, the uh, writer will be able to ghostwrite the book. And then uh, we take care of all the publishing pieces of it, like the editing, the formatting, cover. And then we're able to launch it onto bestseller lists. We've had more than, we've had exactly 172 authors on Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller lists. And we put the books into bookstores. Uh, through our uh, distribution partnership with Simon & Schuster, that's one of the largest publishing houses in the U.S. You know, there are so many books written by entrepreneurs and others, but let's talk about entrepreneurs. To your knowledge, how many entrepreneurs actually write their books? <laughs> uh, I don't know the exact percentages, but there are a lot of famous entrepreneurs that you've heard of that did not write a word. <laughs> book. And I have a list somewhere. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a standard practice yeah. to have a ghostwriter ghostwrite the book. It all comes from your head. You know, you give the input. It's just beautifully written by somebody who actually has that skill and studied it and perfected it because you already have a skill. You're an entrepreneur. You know how to build a great business, lead a team, you know, create change in the world. Uh, you're not expected to also be, a, you know, be able to skillfully write and that's what you hire people for how do i get on the best list because there are so many books out there yeah so that's through an orchestrated marketing effort mm. Mm. there are various bestseller lists like one of the most well-known ones also a fair one is amazon mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> if you've uh, hanged out on amazon a little bit you'll see that there are tens of thousands of categories and each of these categories has a number one bestseller and it changes every hour. So 
every hour, you know, uh, there's 10,000s of books that get the number one bestseller tag. Then there's some more uh, exclusive lists, such as USA Today or Wall Street Journal. Uh, USA Today, for example, is a list of 150 slots. There's 150 books. Those are the 150 most sold in the US during one week, during the past week. So instead of tens of thousands of slots in an hour, every hour you have 150 every week. So in order to hit that, we're looking at about 6,000 sales in a week. And that's a lot because there's a lot of authors who have sold hundreds of thousands of books, but they never actually were able to do 6,000 sales in a week. But if you create a structured um, <clears throat> promotion and launch effort, you know what you're doing, you know what the requirements are, and um, you've developed a system, then you can definitely make it happen like we have. And you would help you would help your clients achieve well be on the list if possible, right? Yes, it's a done for you basically a solution. We've uh, um, nailed the process. We understand uh, what we need to do, and we guarantee it. So you know, in the unlikely event that it doesn't happen, there is no risk on the author's side. Like um, there is a hundred percent money guarantee for that. So we're the ones that are tense about it uh, the the our authors are not because you know it, it's all on us but we've uh, so far we have a 100 success rate and we intend to keep it that way <laughs> yes i imagine and to conclude on that uh, topic there's more and more audible books today and i've even i've even heard sometimes that you know audible books do way better than paper paper books is that is that true well uh, there's Still the mar- so the market segment, the audible books are growing. Mm. Uh, so every year there are more and more people listening to more and more books. The paperbacks still outsell o- audiobooks. Okay. But the way you need to think about it is if you're an entrepreneur and um, you know you know what one client is worth for you, right? You know what your what the you know lifetime value of your client is, and let's say it's a thousand dollars, just depending on your product. It could be much, much more, it could be less. Say it's a thousand dollars, and uh, let's say it's five thousand uh, dollars, and you know you're going to spend, for example, five thousand on 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 for somebody to do the audiobook for you, or you know whatever number. But let's say it's uh, equivalent to one client. So then all you need is one <laughs> client coming from the audiobook in order for you to have a one hundred percent return on investment on that. And then if you have two, then you know it's it's pure profit. So even though the market share is smaller or the market is smaller overall, for you, you know, a you specific entrepreneur, that could be a very lucrative avenue in order to grow your business. All right. Now let's move to um, you, the entrepreneur. Have you written your legacy piece? Yes? No. <laughs> <laughs> what would it look like? You know, um, I haven't written a big legacy piece, uh, but I am regularly contributing to um, our anthologies that we um, uh, are able to launch to USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller status. And there I I learn, I write a lot about uh, my leadership style or um, what motivates me, what motivates the team, um, business strategies I've learned and applied successfully, mindset. Uh, so there are these little tidbits that you can find already published. And if I were to create my own, you know, legacy piece, 
now i think the the main takeaway would be that you need to envision uh, your success believe that you can actually achieve it and then go for it uh, go for it do it and um enjoy it so as you're actually you know doing the work you need to be able to almost i almost taste the the enthusiasm you know if that even makes sense so it just it has to be exciting because i don't think you can have a happy ending to an unhappy journey uh so i think that would be the main theme of it and then you know i'd get the outline done and uh make it a really a structured um thing before i actually start putting in content well listening to you it sounds so simple <laughs> <laughs> But is it that simple? Has it been that simple for you? I know. I think there are levels. Um, like I used to play Prince of Persia when I was little. It was one of the first computer games. I think there are levels um, of you know being entrepreneurial. You probably start. Um, I mean, some people start as a solopreneur. Some people start in the corporate world and then become a solopreneur. So I have a corporate background. That's that's yeah. the first thing I did. Then I was a solopreneur for a while. It was just me helping other authors with their marketing. And uh, I mean, there's only that much you can do on your own, right? Uh, everybody has 24 hours in a day. Like time is uh, the fair, most fair, uh, is the resource that's distributed in the most fair manner. Because we all have 24 hours, right? You have 24 hours. Uh, listeners, all of them, all of you guys have 24 hours. So there's only so much you can do in those 24 hours. Then the first step up, I think, is when you hire your first assistant. Like probably your first hire is, a, is an assistant. It can be a virtual assistant, really easy to do now. Because you are already able to free up your time to do higher level tasks. And I really like this quote uh, from Strategic Coach. If you don't have a strategic assistant, you are one. <laughs> think about it. So as soon as you make that higher, you no longer have to do tasks that are not the best use of your time and that don't allow you to be in your, let's call it genius zone or in your unique ability so that you can really do things that you do best. And then with every hire you make organically, you're able to create more and more freedom for yourself. The, the most important thing that's going to do is gonna, it's going to free up mental bandwidth So more time, which allows, so your brain is no longer thinking about, let me sort my inbox, okay, and start my day like that. And then you become this robot sorting your inbox. No, you start your day and you do it with big picture thinking. So what are my goals for this year, for this quarter, for this week? What are the obstacles um, on the way to those goals? What are the strategies that I need to implement to hit those goals? What are the actions that I can implement right now? today to get started on those strategies. This is also something I learned from strategic coach recently and I'm um, <clears throat> discussing with my team and have it on my desk every week. That's the, the way I put together goals. And you'll start noticing that the goals that are on your list, those are not actually, that's not a to-do list. Those are not things you need to do anymore. Those are things your team members need to do. You just need to make sure they're being done. So now you start becoming a leader. And you need to have your teams buy-in to actually do the things that you want them to do that are important to uh, grow the business. 
So you then see, you know, after a couple of years, how different your role was as a solopreneur when you were wearing all the hats and doing everything to how much more you're able to accomplish by stepping up and um, becoming a leader. And your job is completely different because before you were um, um, a specialist, like you had a specific skill set. Okay. So let's say that for me, it was um, marketing books. Okay. Specific skill set. Now I am no longer marketing books. I am now leading a team, um, envisioning uh, the future and getting my team's buy-in on where we want to go. And then, you know, they are the ones that are, you know, some of them are the ones that are doing the marketing and then we have all the other departments. So my role has changed dramatically. And, you know, those are the levels that you go through. And then there's more, there's more um, that, you know, I don't even know what there is yet, but, you know, if we have this conversations two years from now, I'll be able to tell what, you know, <laughs> what happened. I like the way you describe the several steps of uh, the, the, the journey. What was, or what has been the most difficult during that journey so far? I think hiring. I think I wasn't very good at hiring at the beginning and I got better. So now we have a really structured way of, uh, creating a job uh, postings and of filtering people, of um, making sure that they're not only skilled, but they're also the right fit for the job. We want them to be you know, part of a family. We want people to come on board and grow with us because we're a dynamic company. We double, we've doubled every year so far. Now we're a seven-figure company, so it's becoming more challenging to double every year, but we're still organized to do it this year and uh it's just the team members that are so important with a good team you can really reach your goals and uh, you know i like to think of myself that i have three main responsibilities and number one is the vision because you know everybody needs to know where the ship is going or (laughs) they don't know where to which way to row number two is the financials so i'm still responsible for for the financials i know uh, what's coming in, what's coming out. So I have complete visibility over that. And number three is the team. Even if I'm not doing the hiring and it's, a, you know, it's another team member hiring another team member, it's still my responsibility who's coming on board. Um, so I'm, I'm really very invested in that and still like to be in the loop on new hires. If there are videos included, um, my team members often send me them and I just watch a couple minutes and I'm able to get a feeling for that candidate. And so next to these, together with the the structured process that we developed, I took a test uh, last year that revealed that to me, it's really important to see somebody face-to-face or on Zoom like this in order to get an accurate feeling of what I can expect. So if I watch like a two-minute video of a candidate I, I get a really good, uh, like I'm, I'm able to really quickly say yes or no, or I might not know if it's a yes, but if it's a no, I know right away. <laughs> so that is, uh, you know, something that you can for sure fine tune. Maybe it's something that you are born with a little bit, but if, you know, if you have some strengths in some areas, uh, then, you know, that could be a good indicator and help together with, you know, all the analytical stuff going on can help to make good decisions. What have you learned about yourself yourself while being an entrepreneur? 
I thought about my, I've been thinking about myself for a long time as a, like, um, maybe, I wouldn't say emotional person, but more like a soft skills type of person. But I realized that I am uh, very analytically driven as well. I might not be that good at putting together the numbers and crunching the numbers, but I have a team member who is. I'm very interested in analyzing those numbers. So if, for example, my team member tells me, okay, I pulled all the numbers and it's like, I don't know, 50 different numbers that are show us where our, our leads come from, how much we spent, a cost per lead, conversion, you know, it's crazy things. <laughs> Every company should track, but, you know, maybe you don't have to be the one putting them together. And then, you know, I look at those numbers and I see, okay, so in order to meet our goal, our revenue goal for this year, then we need to have, you know, 20 sales appointments a week on the calendar because the team member that put this together knows exactly how much each scheduled appointment brings in terms of revenue. So then, you know, it's really easy to calculate, but that really sinks in. Like if I see a number like that, you know, my goal is on getting there. So if, if, if I hear that he needs 20, but he has 10, I start, you know, pulling all uh, you know the strings that I can to get him to 20. So I go to the team, you know, the team that's responsible for lead generation, and they might be like a couple levels below me on the organizational chart. I will I will have a weekly meeting with them so that they know, you know, the weight of this. So my mentor um, tells me what you inspect, people respect. So if I'm there with them every week, looking at the numbers, discussing strategies, showing them how important their work is, you know, to the company, then um, they do their work. I think they're also, they feel it, that it's what they're doing is a priority. Uh, So I have the soft skills that I think the emotional intelligence um, going on for me, but uh, I learned that the numbers do help me take the, take the business to where I want it to go. Yes. But very, it's very handy to, <laughs> to have this uh, analytical mind when you run a business. I agree. You, yes. you, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned several times that you were, you, you used coaches, like you mentioned a strategy coach, you know, you just talk about your mentor. I'm a coach myself. So I want to, to talk a little bit, a little bit about coaching. Is it how is how important is it for you to get coaches to be coached? So there's no reason to reinvent the wheel if it's already been invented. You just haven't you just haven't found it yet or, or, or heard about it. So if That's I'm part of it, I say exactly that to my clients or potential clients. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that expression. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, I just came up with it now. But so so it's already even this expression has already been invented, right? Yes. <laughs> So the mastermind groups that I'm in, the networking groups that I'm in, they all help me, you know, put my thoughts together, but also just open up my uh, eyes to what others have already done. Like a lot of things that we uh, put together, we put them together because other entrepreneurs have done that before us. And I've heard this uh, somewhere that, okay, every business is different, but 80% of the stuff is the same. (laughs) in every business. It's just a 20% that is unique to you. And then my mentor, like that's really great because I come with questions and to me, which to me might be like almost unsolvable and to him or like, oh yeah, I did this 10 years ago, 20 years ago. This is how you do this. Here's what I suggest. And there's 
nothing that I ask him that he's like, huh, I never thought about that. No, he's thought about it all. He's thought about everything before. <laughs> just spectacular. And just, it's just so immediate. Like in that hour that I speak to him, like I get enough material to, I could potentially go on with that for months. Like I meet him every week, but there's just the value of it is, is, is incredible. So, and I think that's how you actually achieve success. You Go to somebody who's already done what you want to do and ask them for directions. Amazing. Thank you for all the coaches out there. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the book business. Are there any books uh, from Leader, Leaders Press or you know any other publishing houses that you would recommend? Yes. <laughs> um, one of the books, so you asked about my um uh, legacy piece well i haven't done a legacy piece but i did contribute to quitless a book that we did it's called quitless the power of persistence in business and life this is a usa today and wall street journal bestseller and uh, i contributed a chapter i'm definitely not one of the most notable authors in there we have for example the co-founder of dhl international who's also contributed a chapter uh we also did his book Uh, for DHL's 50th anniversary called Designed to Win. So, um, you know, that was a big time release. So these are two really great books. And just to give you an example, so you have uh, a book per type. Designed to Win is a legacy piece. Quit Less is an anthology that we didn't speak about so much during our conversation today, but that's another type of book we do. And then the third type is the lead generation piece, Uh, One of ours is called Outsource Your Book. So that's a book that explains how you can get your book out without actually doing uh, all the steps, but it shows you how you can get that outsourced so that you can spend your time running your business. Nice. I think I'm going to read this one. Uh, So last question, uh, Alinka, how can people contact you? The best way is to go to leaderspress.com slash discover, and then you'll get a copy of the book that we mentioned outsource your book the paperback and also the audiobook you'll also be able to go through a short quiz one minute quiz that will allow you to see which type of book is the best type for you so that's leaderspress.com discover well thank you very much Alinka, for your time today yeah welcome thank you if you enjoyed this show don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any episodes see you next time bye-bye